Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Hey guys, I'm super excited. I just want to be a part of a church that's growing and moving and shaking things up and yeah. changing people's lives, that's right? right? Not a church that's like dead and dormant. And mm-hmm. so this, I think this episode will really just kind of talk about how the church is meant to be that in the that's world right. again. Yeah. Brad, you had a sweet little experience last night hanging yeah. out with our bishop and a bunch of missionaries. Why don't you share about it? Yeah. So uh, in the Diocese of Columbus, we have an amazing bishop, Bishop Brennan. Yep. Uh, he just uh, received a new appointment to the oh, Diocese man. of Brooklyn in New York, Dang. which is like one of the biggest dioceses in the country. So um, that's a pretty big appointment. Yeah. And 1.2 just... million Catholics I know. in Brooklyn. Yeah, in like, like a really small area too. Diocese, it's like they stack them on top of each other. I think other. we have like 250,000. So it's like, oh yeah, we'll just add on another million. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and it's like, Good luck, it's, yeah, it's like, hey, two years of being a bishop, we're going to put you in this. Yeah. But that just shows how amazing he is. Yeah. And he got all of the missionaries in the diocese together with the seminarians. And he wanted to do that because he wanted to instill within just like uh, the diocese a desire to honor people that have given their lives for the church, even if for a season. And so he had all the lay missionaries together, all the seminarians together. And I think what really blessed me the most was at the very end. So he allowed there to be just like an abundant time for testimony. So Mm -hmm. he had all of these missionaries going up and sharing about their experiences on mission, all these seminarians going up and sharing about their experiences with these missions, their experience in seminary, their experience uh, across the board. And it was just like such a powerful night of that. And then Bishop Brennan came up at the end. And I think what blessed me, like I said, more than anything in the night was just the words that he decided to use, right? Because this is a man that's come in and shaped our diocese in a way that I couldn't imagine someone shaping the course of two years. Like he's just come in and done so much. And just, he has, and it's so cool just with joy. It yes, wasn't, it wasn't yeah, even no, like, it wasn't right. like a insane strategic no. plan. It was like, Hey, I'm just going to infuse joy right. everywhere I go. Yeah. And like yeah. all just of a sudden a things just like, that's, right. that's right. Yeah. And being a father. And nor was people. it heavy handed. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like an agenda that he came in with. Like yeah. you're saying, it was just, he came in and he just saw what God was doing and he yeah. got behind it and blessed it. And then he also gave avenues for it to expand. And I, I, he goes up and, and his words, I, I'm paraphrasing, but they they were just right on. Like he goes up and he was just talking about what God's doing in the church today. And he was speaking that like his two years here, he's been given a lot of credit. And he said that like, mm. what I came into though, I've actually just partnered with. That like, I didn't come in and change things. I came in and partnered with something that was already happening. Mm, That God's doing something amazing here in Columbus, that he's doing something amazing. And just to hear his words in that. And like, he was emotional. He got to the point where he was just saying that like, these two years will be carried with him forever. And he was saying that because of what he's seen the Holy Spirit do in this diocese and how he knows that the Holy Spirit can do that in the next diocese he goes to, which for now is Brooklyn. So anyway, I think like, it was um it was on my heart this morning and we were talking about this show. I, I felt like that's just such a great way for us to launch in today because yeah. like the church is growing. Like there's something happening in the church and Bishop Brennan saw that here in Columbus. Yeah. He's excited to take that to Brooklyn and like like 
like we're saying, it, it's dependent on the Lord and the Holy Spirit's moving in the church, and we want a church that's alive. All right, so you said Bishop dead. brought all the different missionaries together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, explain what you mean, because technically he would have to bring every single every, Catholic okay, yeah, yeah, in the call, diocese call, 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 together. Sorry, sorry, sorry yeah. <laughs> I should have <laughs> <for> said. missionary <laughs> by baptism. But so who was gathered there Yeah, yesterday? yeah, yeah, yeah. So like uh, all the apostolates in the nice. diocese. So like all who are like, um, I guess, carrying the title of lay missionary. So Which focus, apostolates were there? Focus was there. Yeah. Same Paul's outreach was there. We at Damascus were nice. there. Urban Encounter was there, and yeah. um, I and then the seminarians. Those were the, yeah. those were the four. But I think like for anyone that hasn't heard of those, Focus they do on campus college ministry. They really go into like um, Bible studies and things like that, and they believe in that multiplication that lets yeah. you invest heavily in a small few, who then go invest in a small few, mm-hmm. um, taking the model of Jesus with them. St. Paul's outreach they build households on campus where they can live with the students as they grow in their faith walk. And then uh, Urban Encounter, they they tend to the downtrodden, the drug addicted, the poor in the Columbus area. Yeah. And it's a really powerful um, ministry with Urban Encounter. And then we at Damascus obviously yeah. doing youth evangelization. So it was, yeah. it was sweet. That's amazing. I think it's so cool too, because what we want to talk about today is this idea that the church is both uh, hierarchical and charismatic. That mm-hmm. the Lumen Gentium talked about how the Holy Spirit has poured out hierarchical gifts and charismatic gifts on the church. And in a sense, this the church mm-hmm. walks on two legs, both yeah. as an institution that yeah. is sustained throughout the generations and as uh, the with the charisms that helps the church grow and move, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it was almost yesterday was a perfect example of that, where you have those studying to serve the institutional gifts of the Holy Spirit, the uh, those seminarians, yeah, right? right? And then those also in formation with apostolates who are uh, mm-hmm. with the charismatic movements uh, mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit, That's and right, yeah. you almost have this representation. And so, uh, if you're if this this idea, this concept may be a little bit new for some people that the church... pretty theological words. So by its very nature, the church teaches, she is both charismatic and institutional. There's these, this dual nature to her. Aaron, I know you've like, like pondered this, studied this insanely. (laughs) Uh, You could probably write a large dissertation on this. Um, (laughs) But when you hear that or why, what, what draws you to like, to that? Why is that important? Yeah. You know, I, I I'm drawn to areas of balance and tension. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a uh, uh, theologian once communicated that the truth in the Catholic faith is found in the tension, right? Yeah, that mm-hmm. it's uh, it's in those it's in those both and moments. Yeah, where we where we find ourselves so often and. Well, and I just want the Catholic Church is so good at both the and, and yeah. yet our culture today is so polarizing either on or. either or. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's exactly. like, and because of that, I think sometimes our culture's mindset <laughs> ends up in our church mindset, and the yeah. church is yeah. like, no, we can we can dialogue like Jesus is both human and divine, right? Yeah, There's a right. it's that and the both and nature that the church is already not yet. Like there's mm-hmm. so many times we use this as Catholics. Yep. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com/radio/podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. Uh, I still 
still have my sanity because of EWTN and listening to your station. Uh, everybody needs to listen to positive things. If you only listen to the negative things, uh, it just gets very bad. If it weren't for your uplifting and wonderful people that conduct your programs, uh, I don't know if I could still be not crying. <laughs> mm. EWTN, helping people grow in their love and understanding of God. you listening to EWTN radio right now? Have you ever wished you could listen on a local radio station? Maybe our Lord is speaking to your heart to help make that happen. Don't let a lack of experience hold you back. Find out how you can help start a Catholic radio station where you live. Powered by the truth of the church and EWTN's dynamic radio programming. Email Steve at this address, radio at EWTN.com. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We use the word charismatic to mean Got it, the, yeah. the movements of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but then also we use the same word to talk about the prayer expressions of expressive yes. praise. Yeah. And like yeah. there's where you get polarizing conversations a lot is like charismatic praise and worship or yeah. charismatic yeah. expressions of prayer time versus contemplative or traditional expressions of prayer time. And we're, we're to some extent, we'll tackle that topic in yeah. the future. Oh, yeah. I don't think we'll tackle the prayer dimension today, but mm-hmm. but today we're kind of talking about the church herself. And yeah. Yeah. What, what does the word charismatic mean in the context of this conversation? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 want, I want to answer that. I think it, it goes to that, that tension point, though, to say that like when we're asking what is charismatic mean like yep. to that same point whenever we're in conversations and you hear someone on one side making a straw man of the other side yep. you can be pretty sure that they're trying to safeguard away from a both hands so like yep. um i, I don't i don't want to like like um just kind of fall to yep. how we always define charismatic or how yep. we always define even institutional because yep. i think what can end up happening is yep. if we're on one side we define institutional as form without power yep. and if we're on the other <laughs> side we define charismatic as wacky yep. and cosmic phenomena what if we could say that the institutional gifts but you know what i mean like i've seen both of yeah. those i've actually seen both of those lived out where yeah, the other great. makes a straw man and then like it's like oh actually no both of you are wrong they're actually both yeah. great like the institution becomes like the roots of a tree yeah right and then the charismatic actually allows the so branches to analogies. grow right yeah and, <laughs> yeah and i think like the church needs both but to answer the question so i like hmm. charismatic means open to the holy spirit right that the holy spirit is a gift giver by his nature yeah. mm-hmm. that he wants to be with us as a person of love he wants to invigorate us in love and he wants to give us the resources to share love mm. and the way that he does that is by giving us access to the gifts, right? Yeah. And so a charismatic church is a church that's open to the love of the Holy Spirit yeah. that imparts gifts so that we can bless the church, yeah. right? Yeah. And and not the church like four walls, right? Like the church, like the people, like yeah. we're serving one another. We're giving those gifts over. And uh, so when I think charismatic, I think open to the Holy Spirit. I think that is, if we're going back to Bishop Brennan's dinner, yeah. that's what's happening in the church yeah. right now is all of a sudden we're seeing things happen in the world that we want to have change in. Yeah. And we're like, actually, the church is supposed to be that change. But wait, I can't do that on my own. Okay, Holy Spirit, I need that. So anyway, I, it, I think it's an openness. And what you're Spirit. saying is so interesting, Brad, because the, when I hear the word charismatic, the first thing that pops in my mind, too, is openness to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Or just the gift itself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and The gift himself. Yeah. And yet yeah. the institutional church, by her nature, is also 
fill, it's the, the Lumen Gentium says the church has institutional gifts and charismatic gifts. Mm. So both are gifts of the Holy mm. Spirit. They're just expressions of, in a different way. So paragraph 12. Oh, that's 12, really good. So yeah, this is yeah, so yeah. cool. So paragraph 12 in Lumen Gentium, it says, uh, it's not only through the sacraments and the ministries of the church. Mm. If I was going to get a tattoo, I would tattoo Lumen Gentium yeah. paragraph 12. <laughs> oh, I, do, I already have it. I put it on my back. Oh, I don't know why. What you is, what's that brand LG? It means yeah. life's good. I'll just get LG and be like, that's actually Lumen, Lumen Gentium, Gentium, not that life's good. Is that, I have that if emblem on my refrigerator. LG, it's like, yeah. that's Lumen Gentium. Yeah. You didn't know. Are you going to put the stick figure, the, the, so. the whole smiley yeah, yeah, face? Yeah, the smiley face? Yeah, I think so. I'm about to drop like some meat and potatoes. Sorry, Vatican II. No, okay. So this is what it says. Not only through the sacraments and the ministries of the church that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. sanctifies and leads the people of God and enriches it with virtues, but allotting the gifts to everyone according to as he wills, he distributes special graces among the faithful of every rank. So there's this this nature of like he pours out the, mm. the gifts are poured right. out upon the institutional uh, church and the gifts are poured out upon all the, On the people. individual people. And it's so neat because I think sometimes like when we get into this either or mentality or the strongman mm, yeah. com- like conversations yeah. we we're like well the the church needs signs and wonders again and so like and we think that that's the charismatic dimension of the church yeah. but like the yeah. sacraments are signs and wonders yes. they're actually outward signs instituted by christ that confer grace yeah, so right, right. they are signs and wonders yes. like 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 there there's the anointing of the sick where the sick are healed yeah. right yeah. that we actually believe in the healing ministry of the church within the institutional yeah. church or, or the, the eucharist like at mass yeah, like when jesus makes himself present like that's a like, miracle <laughs> Like you die to yourself a baptism and you rise a new creation. Like these are supernatural Mm -hmm. works of the Holy Spirit, but they've been, they're institutionalized Mm -hmm. in the nature of the church so that the church can preserve herself throughout eternity, right? Right. Or throughout the ages. Mm -hmm. And then the Mm -hmm. charismatic dimension is that what's happening amongst the lay faithful of every rank and Mm -hmm. every file that, Mm -hmm. that God is working in neat ways, not just 2000 years ago when the church was first established, but God is doing something new. Mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. Behold, I make all things new, yeah. he says. And I think it was third grade also. I, I experienced my first uh, civil, um, what is it, uh, current events lesson oh, yeah. in yeah. class, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talk, about, we talk about government and the idea of yeah. checks and balances. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the yeah. government, or the, the charismatic and the institutional dimensions of the church, they exist to keep each other in order. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, there you like, go. It's possible for you, yeah. and I, I, many of our you know audience might have experienced this, I would, I would err on the side of caution and see probably have that you can experience the institutional church and not experience a Mm life-changing encounter of grace. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's possible to receive the sacraments and have your life and experience that your life is not transformed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We see that all the time, right? right? Kids go through first communion and confirmation and yet their, their life isn't really Mm -hmm. changed. So what's what's lacking there, I would suggest what's lacking there is an openness to the transformative nature of the charisms, yeah. right? Yeah. Of the, of the yeah. charismatic nature of the church. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is why both are critical, right? Yeah. The, the, the charismatic ex- expression of the church without the leadership and guidance, and mm-hmm. this is exactly what Lumen Gentium says to us, mm-hmm. of the institution yeah. is chaos, yeah, right? Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. If you're just like, okay, I'm going to do whatever the Holy Spirit says, whenever he right, says right, it, like, right. then yeah, it just And an institution devoid of life, is, is dead. Is, is lifeless. <laughs> it's lifeless. It's right. an empty right. shell, yeah. right? right. Exactly. So, so, exactly. so both have been critical from the start and both are critical now. Well, and yeah. I love what you're saying, Aaron, because if, if, 
it's necessary for the church. If I am the church, it's necessary for me Amen. that I need both yeah. the institution in my life, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are have been institutionalized, yes. yeah. and the new movements, yeah. the yeah. readiness of today, right? Yeah. That mm-hmm. I need to be faithful to the orthodoxy and tradition yeah. of the church, and at the same time, open to the Holy Spirit's going to ask me to do something wild today that yeah. may be yeah. uh, unconventional, yes. right? Well, and the charisms serve the church as institution. So I think about this when we th- we talk sometimes here at Damascus about logos and rhema, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the two words for the word word. The logos, the yep. eternal word of God, rhema, the here now word of yep. God. That like both are critical. Jesus talks about yep. both of them. Yep. Like when Jesus responds to Satan in the desert and he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, that's rhema. He's not saying logos. Now, now rhema always serves logos, right? Yep. It never operates outside of logos. Like the charisms never operate outside of mother mm. church. They always yeah. operate as a service of her, right? Yeah. The rhema words always serve the logos. They actually, when when the Lord speaks to me now, it brings me deeper into the truth that he's been speaking yep. forever. Amen. And so, the same thing with gifts. That's such a good That's such a good word, Brad, because it's like, okay, so the logos, right? right. Scripture and tradition, that's right. never going to change, Ever. right? Scripture is scripture. Right. And, and thank and God for that. Is, and thank God yeah. for that. So there are these unchanging pillars of the word of God in our life. Yes. And yet today and tomorrow, the word that God speaks to me in my yes. prayer is going to And change. isn't that important? Like, like, I, I, like, think about you just as a human. Let's just even get out of the like faith dimension of it. Yeah. As a human person, I need things in my life that are regular yeah. and anchored. Yep. And I need things in my life that are adventurous and new. Yep. And if I don't have those two things, I don't feel... And that's why Catholicism is so valuable because we're regular and anchored and we're spontaneous and new, new, right? And like you see in some churches that aren't regular and anchored, they they may burn brightly for a little bit because they're spontaneous and new, but then they burn out because they weren't anchored in depth, right? Well, what's really neat too, just in in the experience of of having exposure to a variety of those church communities, Mm -hmm. many of them find strength in looking to the Catholic Church, yeah. In looking to tradition, church so fathers, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Right. I mean, it's, they, they, it's so funny that there's almost like a there's almost like a, a liturgical or even a sacramental devotion or discipline hmm. that 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 yeah. these kind of new non non denominational church communities that are that are really radically open to the movement of the Spirit, yeah. Are yep. attracted to why? Yeah. Because they're necessary. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. right? yeah. it reveals to us something mm. that God actually designed mm-hmm. in the institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. So I think well, how we can talk about the church today is exactly kind of that logos and rhema concept that that mm-hmm. the church has these institutions or that has have been established over the two thousand years, and the yeah, Holy Spirit is, is present there, right? Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, the charismatic dimension of the church is that the church is ever new and ever growing, right? That there's something uh, new right. and spontaneous that the Holy Spirit wants to do. I think a great that's, example... That's a scary word, Dan. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, I, I, I love it, but like, it, sometimes we're scared of it, but like the Holy Fathers are like, new Pentecost, yeah. new evangelization, yeah. new spring tank, new apostolic age. Like, there's newness. Like, yeah, if you guys have, have to be woke, scared like, of it. wake up. Like, the, the church Amen. publicly is saying it is a new time. Yeah. And that's it's because the church is about to rediscover or is rediscovering mm-hmm. her charismatic dimension, right? Yeah. Aaron, the, Paul the Sixth, when he is when he when the charismatic renewal mm. first happened, right? The, and and once again, it's not charismatic spirituality, right? But sometimes that that's what was happening. But when the charismatic renewal first started in the sixties, mm-hmm. and, and like. 
Paul VI instituted this yeah. this team. Explain the, I, his, the his story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so the International Catholic Charismatic Renewal Services. Yeah, um, uh, a team. Yeah, say that. Say that three times fast. <laughs> I, I can't. Can. <laughs> <laughs> International Catholic Charismatic Renewal. <laughs> I do all the time. <laughs> it's so it's, fun uh, and exhilarating. It's, it's been rebranded as Charis now, the Charis Institute, but. Um, this is a, yeah, this was an organization, you know, as close as you can get to a, to like a Vatican office mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. determined to, or that was originated to actually pastor well, the, the yeah. charismatic renewal, the yeah, charismatic the renewal of the church. Yeah. And um, as he identified, he said that, you know, when I, you know, I, I won't, I won't quote directly, but sure. that this ministry, this service will no longer be necessary when you've accomplished your mission, which mm. is mm. the integration, the reintegration, the effective integration of the charismatic yeah. dimension of the faith yeah, right. into the institutional church. Yeah, he's, he mm-hmm. basically says, okay, Vat- the Vatican is going to have a charismatic office, but once you accomplish your mission, you'll cease to exist yeah. because the church by her very nature is charismatic. Kind of what we used to say about and, youth ministry. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Or about <laughs> apostolates sometimes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hopefully we put ourselves out of a job because the church is so vibrant and alive yeah, exactly. that everyone's, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, and I actually apostolates are a great example too, Brad, yeah. of this like idea that dual nature. So yeah. a lot of times we want to pin ourselves as either or people. Like, right. well, either you support your parish or you support no, these new apostolates, right. right? And it's like, wait a second, no. No. The parish is like part of the institutional dimension. It's there for the long exactly. haul, right? Yeah. And this new movement can come or go as the Holy Absolutely. Spirit wills, right? Yeah. So like yeah. It, to some extent, Damascus is a new movement of the church, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't need Damascus for the next 2,000 years of church history, right. but we do need parish yeah. priests. Like we yeah. need we need priests who are mm-hmm. bringing the sacraments, right? And so it's, it's neat because the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. can use these new movements yeah. to spark the yeah. church alive again. And then maybe the, the Holy Spirit doesn't need that. And I think yet. both of you're making good points too in the sense that like let, let's let's just let's just uncover the thing that sometimes we're scared to talk about that it, it's going to become like ever new it's yeah. ever ancient and ever new that sounds like the god yeah. that we worship right like um i, I want to go back to the analogy i said at the beginning because I, I know it's elementary but i think it helps us that like i'm not scared of a tree in the springtime mm-hmm. right like <clears throat> be, because like i know the tree's anchored so the tree's alive right and then whatever new leaf or new fruit comes, I get excited about that in the springtime. Those aren't the same leaves it had the year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're coming from the same root system. They're coming from the same branches. Yeah. That like, that's okay. Like I actually see that in the natural world as beauty. Yeah. But then sometimes for whatever reason, I think it's a control thing sometimes mm-hmm. that when I, I begin seeing that the next season won't look like this past season, I can't predict it. And I'm no longer in control of it. But the thing is, that's okay because beauty actually comes whenever control's relinquished, not yeah. when it's demanded. Yeah. You know, and so I, I don't know. I think that there's something to yeah, that, no, that, that rooted can, and bearing fruit. It that's has the to key be both. of the church. It and has to be both. I think some like well, I think Bishop Brennan, you mentioned it earlier. This he's such a great example of this mm-hmm. because uh, he he of course as a bishop is like in charge of the institutional church right yeah. and yet the the way he keeps the institutional church growing and fresh is by being open doors to all these new movements of the holy spirit and like these new uh apostolates mm-hmm. these new mm-hmm. uh, ideas and, and and so he stays anchored in the depth of the institution mm-hmm. and yet open to the new movements of the holy spirit right. and and to some extent the new movements of the holy spirit they they'll never produce fruit unless they stay anchored to the yes. institution. Yeah, and so right. it's, it's, we, we learn from each other. We collaborate together. Yeah. We, we grow together. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a really cool. So, so to, to put it in perspective from a narrative point of view as well, I think that to quote the, to quote the great 
Dr. Ian Malcolm, mm. Life Finds mm. a Way. Right? <laughs> that, uh, Can you say it like he would? That's Jurassic Park. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but he's got, he's got great, the deep voice. Great literary work. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, when, I think this is the first podcast, Catholic podcast, that has quoted Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Specifically, Dr. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, specifically, you know um, this is ours. Is <laughs> scary. And, Diggory and I just okay. read it again. Oh, okay. No, the, uh, Jurassic Wait, Park. I didn't was, even know Jurassic Park was a book. Oh my gosh, you read Dan! It? <laughs> oh, it's a movie. If it was written, I, I haven't read it. If it was a movie, I'd probably see. Okay, I'm going to buy the audiobook for you. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's true. It's, a, it's a work of art. Okay, right. great. Um, the the idea that the charismatic and the hierarchical dimensions of the church are are coessential. Yeah. Right. It's not only a theological concept, it's a proof for us yeah. that God actually cares about the church more than we do. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. When, when, try as we may, try as the culture may mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. subject the church and to, um, and to restrain her growth. Yeah. What happens? Well, the Holy Spirit pops up here and there. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. You, can't, yes. you can't stop me. Yeah. Right. Be- because because the, the, the future of the church, the future of the Christian life, right? Yeah. This is this is the prerogative mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. This is this is God's priority, not necessarily ours. Right. So mm-hmm. so so what happens when we get things out of order? Yeah. It's probably, as Brad mentioned, it's because of control. Yeah. It's because it's because I on either side of the aisle Correct. that we've tried to we we've tried to to take control back mm-hmm. where the control was never ours to have in the first right. place. Well and I, I think where that control maybe first started was back in the fifteen hundreds with with uh the you know the Protestant Reformation where the Holy Spirit was at move in the church and and mm-hmm. when the people started to break away from the church, mm-hmm. one of the things that the institutional yeah. church did was almost safeguard control that yeah. like we've got to crush this and crush this and crush because we don't want it to actually like break off in another yeah. And, yeah. and and so there is this is worry this, is that a bad thing no it just is our history yeah. no right? right it's what happened and so now and it's our tendency is human <laughs> that's sometimes. true yeah it just is and in the night like <clears throat> in the 1900s the holy spirit was was popping up everywhere yeah. right and it's because the holy spirit's like i love you guys so much that i want you to come out of this like time of Christendom and, yeah. and that's moving towards church decline. Yeah. And I want you to rediscover your roots of, yeah. of, of a missionary apostolate that yeah. gives people life again. Yeah. Coincidentally, one of my favorite little sides is in the time of the Protestant Reformation, um, one of the, there was one of the cardinals in the church actually made a, made a statement that mm-hmm. um, the Protestant movements were inauthentic on account of the fact that they weren't seeing miracle signs and wonders. No, that's yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, that, so the way you discredit that is that <laughs> right. oh, there's not moves of God here. So uh huh. Yeah, and uh, how how far we've come. You right. Know, uh, often right. Kind of na- <laughs> today as Catholics, when we when we hear about miracle signs and wonders, oftentimes we attribute that to like right. some Pentecostal. Yeah, Protestant. we're like, yeah, oh, that's right. too Protestant. It's like, yeah, wait, right. how is that Protestant? <laughs> well, and, like, and, like someone like so, someone being healed is not Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in the context of our conversation, it like, get more well, no, the, well, yeah, Christian just go to mass. Yeah, like again, yeah. if we're talking institutional and charismatic, yeah. go to mass. Like it's, the minimum number of miracles in the world every day, yeah, three hundred thousand. Yeah, because that's how many masses yeah. are celebrated. We've got lots and lots of miracles. <laughs> happening yes, in the and, and praise Church. God for that. Yeah. And I think there is a really cool dynamic here between the we and the me, right? Yeah. That like we are a church, and then I'm also a beloved son. And so there's certain things that God wants to do that's for awesome. everyone yes, in the Brad. church. And there's certain things he wants to do mm-hmm. for Brad. Well, and that's specifically what the speaks. Exactly. To, right? Yeah. That it's not just to the church, but it's to 
everyone. Yeah, yes. every who's everywhere. everyone? Raise yeah. your hand. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Everyone according to as according as he wills, he yeah. distributes special graces among the faithful of every, every rank. Yeah, well, and think yeah. about a great team, like a great team. I I, I wouldn't like. If I was going to set up a great team for success, I would have principles that I would like the entire team to abide by. Yeah. I'd have gifts that I'd like the entire team to have. But then every position needs its specific gifts. Yeah. And if they don't have specific gifts at that position, you're a bad team. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Like, and it, even if you had all of the team gifts. A football team with all linemen. Oh, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> or even all quarterbacks. Yeah. Because then good luck blocking anyone. Like, yeah. it, I just do think that like I, I love the way God authors that mm. into our lives. And we can see it just in the human dimension. It's like. Yeah, when you build a team, you want people that have collective buy-in and collective giftedness in certain areas. But then you yeah. absolutely want them to be different in certain areas. Well, welcome to the church. Like that's yeah. God's building a great team and he's way smarter than that. we are, right? So if you've hung out with us for the last half hour and you're like, well, how does this apply to me? Sure. This is how it applies to <laughs> yes, you, right. right? Like that you're part yeah. of the team. You're, yeah. you're, and you're not just a part of like, you're not the bench warmer. Like right, you are right. a critical part of the team. And if like you're in the game yeah. and, and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is going to be poured out on you to fulfill a unique mission in the church today. Right. And so, he, he so does what's that your responsibility. Yeah. 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 Yep. And you just ask, like, yeah. what am I called to? What position are you placing me in? Mm-hmm. Like, because I represent both the institution and the charismatic dimension mm-hmm. in my parish, right? Yep. So maybe there's some parts of my parish that just need some newness and so, uh, some new fire. And like, yep. Lord, what's my position? Like, where do you want to put me yep. in this team to reinvigorate the body or to help sustain the body, right? So yep. maybe like you're on the finance council. Your job is the sustainability of that parish through responsibility, right? Uh-huh. Maybe you're part of the the parish council and you're planning the parish mission you're part yes. of the the yes. growth and inviting new people in yes. right and so like yep. what's your part on the team and yep. no matter what your part is yes. it matters and the holy spirit wants to use you mm-hmm. to do better in your part like Amen. imagine if we had spirit-filled finance councils in all of our parishes that's what we <laughs> sure. need so it's, lumen gentium speaks to finance councils it's the manifestation <laughs> of the spirit right? is lumen given. Gentium, it speaks to everything the manifestation of the spirit is given chest. to everyone for profit <laughs> for profit there you go yes 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 well i think um, I, we've talked about this on the podcast before too i think we just we just need to do well in the church to avoid um polarities yeah to avoid extremes like because obviously in the church we do not want a subjective individualism yeah, but we no. also don't want a rigid collectivism yeah. like, like i just yeah. don't want like i don't want everyone looking so like different that it's wacky and I don't want everyone looking so similar that it's robotic. Brett, so here's the question. Was, was Jesus, was, was Jesus neither or was he both? Yeah, right. Both. (laughs) He was both. Yeah, exactly. Like, and and that's why when we go to a polarity, you naturally don't allow the room for the in-between. Like I, I, I want to look like my fellow Christians in how I love and how I worship. Like, like in the sense of like, I'm going, that, that's why liturgy is so beautiful. Like I want those things, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But then I also absolutely want to be me because that can free someone else in a way that someone else might not be able to. And so there's this like a play in that yeah. that I think can mm-hmm. actually free us. Like it, instead of yeah, being like, which side do I want to fall on? It's like, we'll fall into both hmm. and be free to live. I think it's before we're a rabbi, before we are a teacher, we first have to be a disciple, sure. right? And so sure. it's like this idea of when I, I used to go into conversations, like kind of like ready to go to fight for my cause, of right? Course. As you opposed do, to, okay. I still do, I know. I know. I'm growing slightly. Um, but uh, no, but I, I think Same. going yeah, to conversations, yeah. like what can I learn here, yeah. right? And of I think course. that breaks the either or mentality and it yes. forges the both and mentality of yeah. like, I've got 
something to learn from you. Whether yeah. we end on the same page or not, I've got something to learn. And mm-hmm. yeah. there's it, it's disalarming, right? And it, yeah. it's just disarming. What did I say? Di- oh, never mind. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yes, but I, I think it is both. Uh, I think it both kills an alarm and it's disarming. Um, <laughs> Who knows? But, well, well, so think about think about when this document was written. Too. Yeah, you know the church. I, I, I suppose as as we see the church today in yeah. our common experience. There has been some acceptance of a transformation of yeah. of a charismatic dimension, right? Mm-hmm. But that wasn't necessarily the case at Vatican II. Sure. As these documents were being produced, like this was revolutionary yeah. stuff. Yeah. And 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 the church like particularly calls us to to receive with thanksgiving and consolation mm-hmm. the charisms of the church. Yeah. Uh, the charisms of the spirit, for they are perfectly suited to and useful for the needs of the church. Yeah. yeah. Right. That that there's a you know it's almost like there's a there's an orientation of humility that we have mm-hmm. to approach here. Yep. That yeah. God, whether I'm comfortable or not here, yes, you are more concerned about the health of your church yeah. than you are about the health of my comfort zone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and I I need to be willing to receive the tools and the assignment that's going to be necessary. Yeah. For for the success of the body. Yeah. That's right. Well and. I mean, crazy things were happening in the when these documents were written in the sixties too. Like you had like these these events where people started to speak in tongues again, where that hadn't yeah. been seen in the church for sure. hundreds of years, or these prophecies that were being spoken that had like there was these new signs and wonders where the church was like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. And yet at the same time, like Paul. Uh, yeah, Paul in Corinthians, when he speaks of the charisms, he speaks of these these wildly like institutional and ca- like yep. spontaneous yep. gifts. There's there's tongues, there's prophecy, yeah. but then there's also like teaching and administration. Yeah. It's it's always That's this right. both and. And the early church was discovering this in a way that we're almost rediscovering it again today. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. I I want to like as you guys are talking, I think my heart is just coming alive for those who find themselves more on the institutional side of this, if we can say, right? That like have a heart for defending the institutional church Mm -hmm. because of her beauty and her eternal um, splendor as she pursues Jesus with all that she is. Um, And that should be all of us. It should, exactly. (laughs) I think think the the heart that I'm gathering though is kind of like the, um, the heart that like a father would have for his daughter. That like, like we we love the church and we want to see the church continue to be a safe haven for the practices of faith. Mm -hmm. Right. But in the same way that a father to a daughter, like you can't have your daughter just locked in your house for the rest of her life. Mm. Like she actually has to go out and that comes with risk. Of course it does. Yeah. But, but that's actually, that's actually real love of the daughter, right? That's, that's real love of mother church is like, actually mother church, I want you to go and and to get out there, yeah, right. And I think this is where Pope Francis actually speaks things that are so good. Mm-hmm. And if we can be both, and we can receive that, because obviously, like we hear sometimes that um, some that fall on a, like a more conservative path of Catholicism, they're frustrated with Pope Francis a lot. But I, but I think it's because both like streams sometimes can get so caught up in what they want to protect that mm-hmm. they don't allow the other to actually teach them things. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to say here is like. I, I think I first just want to honor like anyone that's listening. Like if, if your heart is like, yeah, but I want to protect mm-hmm. like the church and keep her as a safe haven for the practice of faith. <laughs> well, good on you. I agree. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. <laughs> yeah. and, and we should all agree to that. Yeah. Yet at the same time, in order to do that, we need to be able to let her breathe. Yeah. 
Like yeah. she needs to go out and have experiences. And that's what I was talking yeah. about with Pope Francis. He says, I want a beaten, bruised, and bloodied church because she's been out there, yeah. right? Like that's not always pretty, but there's something that can be learned there that, brought, yeah. that is brought back into it. Well, and I think, I, and it's, that's such a good word, Brad, because I think the, the charismatic dimension of the church, in order for the church to grow and to be new and to be relevant in today's world, mm-hmm. she needs risk takers, right? Yes. We need to try things that are like, Urban Encounter. You mentioned them yeah. earlier today. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. this new movement that's coming out of Columbus, and they're awesome. They yeah, love the Lord. So they're awesome. so devoted. They're on the streets of Columbus, like with, with the poor, praying with drug addicts, praying with prostitutes, praying yes. with people who are are, are just like drunk and, and, and drugged out in the moment. Right? Yes. That's so spontaneous, so mm-hmm. risky. Like I'm not sending my 12 year old to go out on the streets with them uh, at right, this time, right. right? But they're but that's necessary mm-hmm. because they're an expression of. Jesus's ministry that the church needs yeah. today to sharpen us, right? At the same time, the lawyer who's protecting the church from uh, lawsuits, yes, right, yes. is also yeah. helping to keep the church yeah. alive throughout the generations. Yep. And so when we see these, they aren't in competition, they're blessing, no. and they're different expressions yep. of the same church, yeah. and they're both critically yeah. necessary. And Brian, who started Urban Encounter, just a quick thing, <laughs> last night at that dinner, yeah, he got up and, and what he said at the very end he was giving an understanding of what urban encounter is and at the end he said and in all honesty i just think if jesus were here this is where he would be mm-hmm. amen and i think like there's some there's wisdom in that if jesus were here of course he would he would be in liturgy and all these things yeah and at the same time he would be there yeah like he would be with the prostitute he'd be out where it's it's not yeah. pretty and it's not perfect yeah, yeah. you know i i I want to. I want to. Want to once again quote quote the Grand Master. So John Paul II. <laughs> when you say Grand Master, now I have no idea who's going to come out of your mouth. I'm like, okay, which Grand Master are we talking about? I'm like Jurassic envisioning Paul, Dumbledore for done, some reason, yeah. but, but John Paul II could be a good Dumbledore. Like if we go back, isn't that and like isn't refill? That, isn't Doctor Strange the, the Grand Grand Master? <laughs> I think so. I, I think so. I forget. I wish I was okay. So more John Paul II is Marvel the Marvel Grand yeah, Master too. that you're okay. quoting. Got okay. it. Uh, specifically as it <laughs> pertains to, to the perception of conflict or opposition in the church. I just, I, I want to root us deeply because I think sometimes mm-hmm. you can hear Brad say this, you can hear Dan say this, or you can hear Aaron say this. And, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, just their that's, opinion. That's a, that's a great, that's a great perspective <laughs> yeah. you have. So, yeah. um, this is, uh, from Uvanesit <laughs> Ecclesia, I mm-hmm. believe. So yeah. can you say uh, that three times? Uh, I can, I'm just not I, sure I, if I'm pronouncing it. Just, it means the church rejuvenates, I need, right? I need somebody uh, who speaks fluent Latin. Latin yeah, me okay. too. There is no conflict or opposition in the church between the institutional dimension and the charismatic dimension of which movements are a significant expression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's significant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's no conflict. He then goes on, goes on to clarify, both are co-essential mm-hmm. to the divine constitution of the church founded by Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, this isn't this isn't Damascus's new perspective on right. on ecclesiology, yep. right? Yep. The, the charismatic and and the institutional dimensions of the church are coessential. Yeah, mm-hmm. which means that that you you cannot draw a distinction between well, which is more important. Uh, right. As Dan, as you mentioned earlier, like these are the two legs on yep. which the church walks. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And if 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 the church isn't healthy, if both legs aren't strong, we're not right. walking well, well into the next generation. Yeah. And w- usually when you see the church shrinking or dying, it's because one of those legs is broken yeah. and, and the church needs to get healthy again. Yeah. yeah. 
it was as ignorant as saying like, which one's more essential, my lungs or my heart? They're both like, <laughs> they, like, my right leg well, or my left well, leg. Well, which the reality is, I actually die without either <laughs> functioning. And and I, I think and and there is just wisdom in that because like. Of course there is wisdom in that. But like like, like but I, I just like, like yeah, that great I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just I'm just saying the most, most wisdom of the church. I think I'm just so taken back by how good that is yeah, that I, know, I don't know so what to good. say. Because there is, there's just wisdom in that. Like there's wisdom for us in our personal lives. Like I cause I don't even think conversations like this have to remain for the church. Like I can yeah. ask this in my own life all of the time. Like, yeah. like that's going to oh, be true so in my family. That's going to be true. Like, cause there's gonna be things my family is gifted yeah. in. And there's gonna be things I'm gifted in within the context of my family. Yeah. There's going to be things that my school is gifted in. And there's going to be things I'm gifted in, in the context of my yeah. school. Like I just, it's that's so, so interchangeable. Yeah. It's so I, interchangeable. My, my wife the other day came home from a first Friday service and uh-huh. she was like, mm-hmm. man, this, it was just the best thing ever. She's like, I was at St. <laughs> Pat's and it was first Friday. There was, there was, there was a just mass with quietness. There was adoration in the silence. There was rosary being prayed quietly in the background and there was confession. And she's like, and you know, we're so often around charismatic prayer expressions that yeah. she's like, I just loved that it was just so stable and reliable. Right. And that yeah, there's, there's the both and that there's times where you're in yes. your spiritual life, you need the stable and the yes. reliable. I've got mm-hmm. my Eucharistic adoration. Yeah. I've got my silence. Literally I have the hours. mass. I have a confession, yeah. right? I have the rosary. Yeah. And then there's other times in your spiritual life where you need to be shooken up. You need yeah. something spontaneous. You need someone to be pray like to pray with you. You need someone. Uh, you need praise and worship to, to alive in your soul again. And it's like this idea of like you just. It, yeah. We all need both. Yes, right. Or maybe it's maybe a challenge hands. even for our for our audience as you're listening. Like uh, Daniel, you speak about the church walking on two legs, and it's it's applicable to the institution, and it's also applicable to the individual. Yeah. yeah. So. Do, let's let's invite a little examination of conscience here. One hundred percent. In in my own spe- spiritual life, yeah, it's it's fine if yeah. there are particular areas where I'm more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Of but course. Am, am I is is my spiritual practice devoid of an experience of the institutional dimension? That's right. Or is is my spiritual practice devoid of an experience of the charismatic dimension of the yes. faith? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And if it is, yeah, do yourself a favor. And step out of your comfort zone. That's right. Yeah. Right? It's it's good to be in a place mm-hmm. where you can in humility receive. Right. Well, and be curious. Like ask yourself why. Yeah. Right? Because that's where that's where real fruit yeah. happens like in our why, lives. Why am I well, afraid why? of this? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why why or why am I why am I much more for this and much less for this? Yeah. Like that serves us really well because yeah. it makes us more well rounded. Well, and, and ask that question why in an examination way, not it's, in a I've already got my conclusion way, right? Like no, why <laughs> am I? Well, because this is better, right? No, all yes. of a sudden you're either or, yes. right? Like or, why yeah. why am I adverse of this? That's right. Like yeah. there's something inside of yes. me because this is they're both from God. Yes. They're yes. both from God. Yes. Yes. They're, they're, and so why would you be and the answer is not and the answer is not accusational yeah when I answer that question for myself it's out of a place of genuine curiosity because I want to be well-rounded and whole yeah like it's not because I want to find something to bludgeon myself with the reality is God made Brad to tend towards the side of things yeah he made Dan to tend towards a side of things he made Aaron to tend towards a side of things all of our listeners are going to tend towards a certain side yeah. of a lot of different thoughts and expressions. But in that tendency, mm-hmm. I don't want to just rest in that tendency. I want to be well-rounded and whole. So I can appreciate that tendency mm. while at the same time asking, I wonder why I 
am less favorable towards this particular yeah. expression or this particular yeah. thing? Like that's such a worthwhile question yeah. across the board. You know? My favorite thing is just keeps people on their toes. I used to more frequently lead worship up here at Damascus. Yeah. And it was, it was funny always being pegged as like the, the, you know, charismatic music guy. Yeah. And then, and then going to a Latin mass mm-hmm. and finding right. life there 100%. or participating in my church choir and yeah. right, right. Um, like chant and, and, yes. and high liturgy and mm-hmm. uh, participating in the liturgy of the hours. Like these things, they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah, the That's church right. is meant to be both and we can be both well, and yeah, as and well. And the Lord actually surprised me. I, I've gotten back into the liturgy of the hours a little bit recently with morning prayer. And um, in college, I prayed morning prayer with a group of guys. But now when I'm reading morning prayer, it's really funny when I'm like in the middle of morning prayer and I don't have like a bunch of men that are on a like time schedule with me. So I go a little slower through it yep. and things. And sometimes God will take me off into like, <laughs> like meditative and contemplative places with it. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like I never knew this was possible because I was always, and there's nothing wrong with that. I would, I would go in there for 15 to 20 minutes with a group because of men and we would chant it. And organized it was, chant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's still, I'm still That's doing awesome. the liturgy. But in the same way, it's Brad doing the liturgy like that everyone else is doing in the hours. Yeah. But also Brad coming in as Brad and God speaking to him as Brad. Yeah. And I was I'm like, always like, dang it, I didn't get through Psalm 1. I, I, oh, yeah, yeah, with the psalmody. <laughs> I got to get through the psalmody. Like, Lord, come on. And uh, I, I got to get to the— Sometimes uh, I have the opposite experience. <laughs> I, I, do the, I do the audio divine office on my, on my phone, uh, oh, okay. and they pray so slow. Oh, like, hurry up, hurry up. Yeah, like, like, I, get this I wonder if it's a uh, venial sin to listen to morning prayer at 1.6 times speed. Yeah, I, <laughs> because that's, that's, that's what that's I me. do. Six times speed, maybe. Yeah. One and a half, you're probably yeah. okay. So yeah. No, one. 1.6. One oh, okay. 1.6. Okay. Six. I got it. You couldn't even understand it. You'd be like, hey, look, they're speaking in tongues. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, there's charismatic. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So oh, the, my favorite understanding of this whole idea, the two legs of the church is, is uh, St. Francis of Assisi and St. Mm-hmm. Dominic. So you had these two guys who, That's awesome. when they, when they hit the scene and yep. the, like, and their generation of the church, right. They were just crazy. Like they, they were as bad as crazy charismatic as you could imagine right you have this guy who has is wearing sackcloth like and has has gotten rid of all of his possessions he's living on the streets he's mm. pro, like he's announcing a gospel of poverty right yeah. and nowadays like a thousand years later everyone's like oh yeah poverty is is virtuous like right uh-huh. but at that time people were like what are you talking about <laughs> what are you who doing? are you you're a crazy man and <laughs> the church didn't know how to react to yeah. francis right and yet over time the mm-hmm. francis Franciscans have become part of the institutional church. So in that moment of the church, the church needed to be reinvigorated by a charism. By a charism. By a charism. And so exactly. Francis and the Franciscans were this early charismatic movement mm-hmm. that over time have been institutionalized. Dominic the same way, right? Yeah. They were street preachers and they would go around and they, they would like actually like men, they were mendicant preachers. They would travel around yes. and preach. The church wasn't used to this model of ministry, right? Yeah. The, the Holy Spirit motivated um, Dominic to have this new means of doing yes, ministry yeah, and right. proclaiming the gospel. Right. And now that idea of the order of preachers is super institutionalized. They've been around for 700 yeah. years. They're, they're this pillar of orthodoxy in our, in our church, right? Yeah. But that was a move of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so if we crush those today, yeah. we don't get the Franciscans and the Dominicans of tomorrow. Well, again, That's if we're awesome. talking Logos and Rhema, yeah. Logos is 
scripture and tradition. Yep. Tradition was once a rhema word. So Aquinas was writing. <laughs> the doctors yeah. of the church were writing. Yeah. The church fathers were writing, right? Like inspired through the Holy Spirit. Exactly. An institutional exactly. They were gift. receiving a, a, <laughs> what they what they contemplated, what mm-hmm. they like in, in the thinking sense, right? What they understood as an individual word that they thought would bless the church. Mm. And so they wrote it down. And then here we are hundreds of years later, and that has become part of the tradition of the church. Yeah. Well, it's because the rhema was assumed into the logos. Same thing. Some of those charisms become assumed in the institution of the church because over Mm. time it's tested and seen Mm. as good and seen as authentic from the Lord. Well, let's bring her, let's bring that into her. That's a good word. That's a good word because if it's not from the Lord, it will die off. Of course it will. And so, like, don't worry, like, we don't have to worry so much because if it's not from the Lord, if it's not from the church's teaching, yeah, it's going to die. Like, the Lord's not going to bless something that's (laughs) not faithful. Or he's going to send some awesome saints to knock down that heritage. Exactly. Yes. yes. Exactly. charismatic movement the yeah. whole lord will say some destroy that punch to the face like <laughs> yes no but I, I do think that like we 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 need to be like quick to understand right that that like all, although the the charismatic is is serving the institutional church in the same yeah. way the rhema serves the logos yeah. they are both coessential one one assumes into the other but to to Aaron's point like that that can exist at the same time both of those can wow. be true at the same it can be both and I could we could nerd out about this for hours mm. upon hours how do we wrap this idea up <laughs> I think we should pray for it <laughs> oh, wow. you know, um I, I, I as you as you're speaking Dan and Brad the the Lord was kind of giving me a, a word that um the idea of of if if I'm if I'm more oriented toward a charismatic expression, the idea of being institutionalized seems frightening, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, if I'm more oriented toward an institutional expression, the idea of being, you know, embracing a charismatic dimension yeah. seems frightening. Mm-hmm. It seems scary, mm-hmm. right? What what is the church oriented toward? It, it it says that um that that we must seek. Right, mm-hmm. we must seek the charismatic gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, eagerly desire, Saint Paul says, mm-hmm. the, the the gifts of the Spirit. Why? For the upbuilding of the church. Right. Yeah. The, the gifts are an expression of love, right. and the church is an expression of love. Right. Right. Uh, I, I think I think it'd be it'd be cool just to close in praying for openness mm-hmm. that that our hearts would be transformed. Right. That that we could, as I suggested earlier, that we could we could we could perform a an examine of our own of our own spiritual life and ask Jesus, where do you want to stretch me so I can look more like you? You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. This is Bernadette Bogusky, Executive Director of WCCR Cleveland, AM 1260 The Rock. Why do we need Catholic Radio? To reach the hearts, minds, and souls of those who are searching for deeper meaning and don't know where to turn. To bring clarity to a world full of lies and confusion and to share the good news of joy and mercy with a world so desperate for the truth. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio. Now, more than ever. There's all kinds of prayers. There's all kinds of ways of praying. There's all kinds of methods of praying. There's a Salesian method, and Francis de Sales, and Ignatius of Loyola. There's Franciscan methods, and Dominican methods, and you name it, we got it. 
But sometimes we depend on a method too much. St. Teresa said that prayer was conversation with God. Do you have a hard time conversing with people? No, I don't have a hard time. Well, that's how it is with God. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jesus, we, we love you, and we want to look like you. Uh, Lord, you didn't sit comfortably in the middle. Uh, God, you, you stretched the boundaries. You were, you were uh, borderline extreme mm-hmm. on, on both sides of the aisle. And uh, Lord, you speak through inspiration, through the words of your church. Mm-hmm. If, if the charismatic and the institutional dimensions of the church are coessential, to the divine constitution of the body of Christ, and they're coessential mm-hmm. to us. Yes, Lord. Yes. So, Jesus, I, I pray that I pray that every way that um, that we have positioned ourselves to reject uh, a fuller expression of the charismatic or a fuller expression mm-hmm. of the institutional, Jesus, that you would correct us, mm-hmm. and that you would show us uh, the the fruit that can come from a well balanced mm-hmm. and uh, and a harmonious, complementary life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a sense that um, the Lord is softening hearts right now. I think there are some who have been hardened, uh, hearted to the charismatic movements um, or things that are out of their control. And the Lord just wants to soften your heart right now. So I just pray you take that burden off of them, that you're in control of your church, not us, mm. that you would soften their heart. And I also get a sense specifically of a um, older woman who has been hurt by the institutional church uh, and has felt rejected because she has tried to, to bring about new prayer movements and the church has pushed her aside. And the Lord says, uh, I have seen you and I am here with you and I love you and I have not rejected you. And he just wants to soften your heart to forgive those who have yeah. uh, pushed you aside. And so if there's any need for us to forgive someone who has spoken negatively mm-hmm. towards us or has pushed us aside, in Jesus' name, we just uh, we just forgive that person. Mm-hmm. Come Holy Spirit. Yeah, Lord, you invite us to ask, seek, and knock. And we ask here today that Come you Holy would Spirit. allow us to, um, you'd allow us to, to be curious about this particular reality, God, that you want both of these in our lives. We, we, we plead that you would allow us to ask the right questions mm-hmm. to lead us to the answers here. And we seek you in it, Lord. We seek Thank your you, face. We seek you, Jesus, because where you are is where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And lastly, we knock. We knock on the door that the door would be open. And hopefully, Lord, mm-hmm. you will allow it to be opened by someone who thinks differently than us. Let yep. us dialogue. Let us have conversations that matter and let us continue to move forward together as church. Mm-hmm. Amen. Keep us hungry. <laughs> Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It is Amen. so good to be Catholic. It's so good to be alive yes. in this time of the church. Uh, you've been listening to Beyond Damascus, uh, the show where encounter meets mission. This was uh, uh, just a show about how the church is charismatic, whether you like it or not. And yeah. in the future, we're going to have a few episodes on uh, supernatural prayer. We're going to have episodes on mm-hmm. charismatic expressions of prayer and contemplative expressions of prayer. So if this was edifying, share this with uh, your friends 
friends and uh, like and subscribe us so that you can hear the other awesome things we want to uh, talk about around this table. You can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found, and uh, we, we'll, we'll be praying for you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by going online to www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts or searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.